On the show today, Donald Trump made headlines again. So we will briefly mention that, but we really just want to speak on the formal recognition of our nation's newly recognized national religion, pride. No time for a Bible topic today, though, because we have a lot to discuss. So let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity and a happy early Father's Day, as well as a happy early Juneteenth. Uh, Curious how you guys out there are going to celebrate our nation's newest holiday, Juneteenth. I don't even know how you celebrate Juneteenth. I don't know if there's any formal guidelines. Let us know if you have any plans for Juneteenth. Uh, Anyways, I'm your host, Spencer. This is my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hi there. And, uh... We are so grateful that you're joining us today. Uh, If you're new here, uh, we like to get it out up front. Don't let the name fool you. Um, We ourselves like to think we're Christian, uh, very (laughs) religious folks. Uh, But the world that we live in, and especially the country that we live in, is not. Um, It's becoming very secular or very religionless, uh, you could say. And if you don't want to take our word for it, you just listen to our president. I'm sure he'll tell you. So... That's in part where the name comes from, and our goal um, today, as with every Saturday, is to try to figure out how Christians are supposed to live in this, you know, secular, religionless world and keep our eyes fixed on Christ. So that's what we're going to try to do today as well. Uh, We do have a lot to discuss, but before we get to any of it, um, are there any prayer requests, praise reports that you have, or just anything you want to get off your chest? Hmm... I don't have any prayer requests I can think of right now. I mean, always pray for us, just as just generally. life, you know, just the always, just that we would stay in the Word and in prayer. Um, I guess, yeah, pray for me. Just a lot of distractions and you know, life, raising kids and still homeschooling them through the summer. <laughs> Absolutely, it does get difficult, and. Uh... We do get busy, um, you know, working full-time jobs. This podcast is nearly a full-time job, and then there's still, you know, kids, and I'm in school. That's getting ready to start back up. So just pray that, you know, with all the busyness, we don't forget the most important thing, which is our own time in the Word and prayer and all of that sort of stuff. And I had somebody on, might have been YouTube, I guess, this week, you know, of course, didn't like what we had to say, so, you know, told us we were awful or whatever, but they mentioned, you know, you guys stink, but I'll pray for you. And I was like, (laughs) all right, well, you told me you would pray for me. So you better pray for me or else you're lying. And that's a sin. So I expect your prayer. So uh, (laughs) pray for us. We need it. But I have a praise report and it's just really a gigantic thank you to all of you listening. Um, We had a lot of support over the last week. Um, I think that was the, at least as far as YouTube was concerned, the most viewed episode of this show that we've ever had. And a lot of new subscribers, tons of comments on there. Just really encouraging um, to get that sort of uh, discussion and feedback and, you know, sort of back and forth. You know, uh, it was a lot of work, though, uh, trying to keep up with all the comments, but it was a huge blessing. Um, So, you know, as I was just mentioning, I don't do this show full time, um, although it feels full time a lot of times, but I do have a job. I'm also a dad, a husband, you know, a student and all that sort of stuff. So 
I make that point because getting to the comments sometimes can take me time. You know, I may not get to them right away or uh, maybe just drop a like on a comment, but uh, just want to assure you, if you reach out to us in the comments, I read all the comments. Uh, I do my best to respond to all of them. Uh, but even if you just get a simple like, just know I read your comment and I certainly appreciate all of them. It was definitely a blessing for us. Um, you know, we've been at this show for over two years now, and yeah. uh, that was the biggest episode we've had. And uh, it was just really encouraging. So thank you. Um, whether you've been here from the start, you know, we have some people that have been with us, you know, the whole time encouraging us. And we're certainly grateful for them. But all the new folks that showed up, grateful for you as well. Um, and since we did have a lot of new people, you know, come to the show and subscribe and different stuff like that. I thought it seemed like a good time to remind people, uh, remind the listeners, because we used to say this on every episode when we started that Nikki and I were not pastors, we're not apologists, we're not theologians, you know, in like the trained sense, all Christians are theologians, but we're not, you know, trained theologians or anything. We're just Christians. Um, so if we say something that you disagree with, you don't like, um, it could be that we disagree with you on a certain issue, or it could simply be we don't know, <laughs> you know, maybe we're lacking in information. So if you disagree with us, maybe reach out with a question before you just call us heretics and um, all that. I mean, feel free to call us heretics. It's your life. And, uh, but just keep in mind, we're just Christians. Uh, so yeah, we used to say that a lot. I think it's worth saying again. Yeah. So we're open to differing opinions. We want to hear differing opinions. If you don't think we're on the right track with something, let us know. Uh, we may still disagree with you. We're not going to promise that everything people say to us, we're just going to completely change our belief system wholesale, but we definitely want to know. Uh, and we're open to engaging and having those discussions. So we like them. They keep us sharp and on our toes. And oftentimes it leads us to deeper re uh, research on, you know, different topics that people bring up. So that's a huge blessing, but, um, and you never know at the end of the day, you may reach out to us and we may change your mind. I know that doesn't happen a lot in 2023's America, but it just may happen for you. So uh, just huge thank you to all of you guys. That was a huge blessing. Now on to the plugs, the shamelessness. Um, you guys know if you've been here for a while, we love Cardinal Contingency Solutions. Um, they are the best in the world at offering counter-messaging, counter-exploitation, um, things that are vitally necessary in the world we live in, you know, in this world where everyone's got a cell phone and, you know, it's very easy to make it look like you said something, did something you never did, um, especially if you're sort of a first responder um, or really anybody of that'd be worth exploiting, <laughs> you know, business owner, whatever it happens to be. Um, so getting training like that in this world doesn't hurt. And Cardinal's the best in the world at it. They do it for a living. They train the best of the best in the military at it. And um, they're more than happy to work with you. So emails for Cardinal will be in the show notes. As always, reach out to them. And of course, you guys know we are proud members of the Christian podcast community. One-stop shop for about 60, maybe 50 to 60 good Christian podcasters. Uh, I just saw today um, the school, uh, the homeschool revolution schoolhouse rocked. I believe they said they just recorded their thousandth episode, um, over 2 million downloads. Wow. Uh, so if you're into the homeschooling 
um, or you just want to get more information on that, that's a great podcast. Just one of the many great podcasts on the Christian podcast community. Go find them on wherever, uh, Apple, Spotify. Uh, A lot of them are on YouTube as well. If you want to just search there, but I think you'd enjoy what you have to, or what they have to offer. So go check them out. And then of course, the complete shameless plug. If you guys want to help our show in any way, the easiest way is just to drop a simple like, subscribe if you're on YouTube or Rumble, um, that sort of stuff. If you're on the podcast, subscribe, follow whatever your platform asks of you. And if it allows you to leave reviews, we'd certainly appreciate some nice reviews there as well. You know, we are all slaves to the algorithm and that helps the algorithm. Um, And then if you got more money than you know what to do with, we have some links in the show notes that you can use to help support the show. Affiliate links for, you know, Amazon, Best Buy, Christian Books. Um, And then I think there's a buymeacoffee.com. If you just want to throw some cash at us and tell us to get out of your face, we're happy to accept it. (laughs) It all helps to go support the show and it's a blessing to us. All right. For sure, cue the music. Uh, Steal up your soul, gird your loins, put on every piece of the full armor of God that you have this week, and prepare as we get ready to take our weekly trek through the valley of the shadow of death and take a look at the news of the week. Is the shadow of death. <laughs> this week, probably more than any other week, the shadow of death is upon us. But yep. it is worth mentioning first, um, because it did grab the headlines uh, this week, as it usually does when Donald Trump's in the news. But President Trump was indicted uh, this week again. Uh, sounds familiar, doesn't it? But do you want to just read uh, this first paragraph here, honey? The Department of Justice released on Friday an unsealed federal indictment of former President Donald Trump with 37 felony counts related to the mishandling of classified documents, obstructing justice, and making false statements. Boy, if only we could get all politicians indicted for making false statements, (laughs) huh? But apparently in that regard, Donald Trump stands alone. Uh, But yeah, so... Donald Trump was indicted again, uh, this time on 37 felony charges, as it said. And, you know, we just want to mention it because I think it's worth mentioning. Um, He's going to be found guilty. We can just assume. Um, Expect that he's found guilty probably on some of these charges. And if not on these charges, I think this is just Mm -hmm. one of the three or four indictments that's coming down the road for Donald Trump. So he's going to he's going to be found guilty um, on something, I would assume. Uh, So we mentioned that because as Christians, either those who really like Trump or those who don't like Trump, I think we have to keep a level head here, you know, and not Mm -hmm. seek to repay evil with evil, right? Because Christians, we shouldn't behave like the world and we shouldn't give in to the flesh in our, you know, reactions and our behavior. So um, we have to trust that God vindicates if vindication is needed. That's right. So if he's found guilty and, you know, you don't like him, try to refrain from the gloating, rubbing it in people's faces, because you know that they like Trump, some of them out there. Um, And if you do like him and he's found guilty, you know, things like rioting and throwing a fit isn't proper for Christians Mm -hmm. either. Um, So keep that in mind, whatever side of the aisle you're on, 
if you count yourself among the brotherhood of believers, the sisterhood of believers, um, carry yourself accordingly. Uh, we will do our best there as well. I mean, we're all liable to slip, but let's try to have that mindset going into it that no matter what side of the aisle you're on, somebody else is on the other side of the aisle. And uh, on different topics, you may agree. Topics like Christ is Lord. <laughs> so yeah. you don't want to ruin those relationships because you gave into the flesh and you were gloating or you're you know, throwing a hissy fit um, because Donald Trump, you know, whatever happened to him. So keep that in mind. Um, and then I will just mention that uh, Tucker Carlson, if you have been following him on Twitter at all, his Tuesday episode on Twitter was great, uh, really on this topic of Donald Trump. And if you really want an intelligent, um, what I consider intelligent anyways, uh, explanation for why, you know, Donald Trump seems to be kind of the elitist's enemy number one. Uh, why that is, I think Tucker Carlson gives a great explanation for why that is. Um, and now whether or not, you know, Trump is actually guilty of what they're claiming he did. Nikki and I were having this discussion earlier today. It's tough to know, right? Because mm -hmm. you can't trust the media. They've proven themselves to be shameless liars time and time again. Mm -hmm. You can't trust the other politicians. They're shameless liars over and over again. So, and I mean, are you going to trust the FBI? Yeah. I mean. You just don't know what to think. You just, I mean, you hope. You hope he's, I don't know. He didn't do all that, but. Right. I mean, you I mean, certainly hope not. I mean, rather you like, like him. if he did, did he have good reason to? Or was he just, I don't know. Right. Don't again, know. too, right? You can't even trust Donald Trump. He's largely proven himself to be one who, on the best of terms, stretches the truth, right? So uh, who are you going to trust? So you're just going to have to kind of wait to see the way things shake out. But you can definitely see he is, they are focused on Donald Trump, unlike any other politician really we've ever seen in our lifetime. He's just the lesser of the greater evil. So I, yeah, I just feel like if you can trust him more than our current president. I mean, I feel like I, he cares more for our country. That's just all it comes down to for me. <laughs> right. I mean, and again, I think a lot of people are coming to that realization. Um, you know, as we've said before here, the Republican Party sucks, but the Democrat Party is demonic. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, know, I know. you know, where do you fall in there? Right. But so whether or not Trump's actually guilty of what they're claiming he did, we'll see. Um, but just kind of the idea that Trump is somehow supposedly uniquely law-breaking as a president or a politician, and therefore he deserves this kind of laser focus right. from law enforcement, this sort of unyielding harassment. I mean, going on seven years now, of unyielding harassment. Um, it's just sort of beyond belief for me that he is completely unique in this regard. They're just, they're just hypocrites, really. Like oh, he isn't, it isn't unique. Yeah. Right. Every one of these politicians take, you know, files with them when they leave. Now, right. Trump's might be right. more egregious, but it's not like they took none. And he, you know, so again, it yeah. just seems like out of balance is they're all guilty we're saying. of everything that they're coming after him for. That's oh, it. absolutely. Um, so Tucker's take on this. If you guys give that a listen, we'll have it linked in the show notes. I think it's all true. Um, and I think as far as I'm concerned, you could even go further than that. You know, as Nikki said, our politicians, right, they're liars. Um, they're probably guilty of all this, not to mention just 
as a throw-in. A lot of them are perverts, right? They're criminals. And politicians have been forever. Um, yet somehow, again, Trump, we're supposed to believe, is unique from all of them, far worse than all of them. And I simply don't buy it. Um, so again, I believe what Tucker says is true in here. It makes a lot of sense. But I also believe another reason why Trump gets such a laser focus in this unyielding harassment is because he didn't enter by the right door. Mm. Um, I think right from the jump, uh, he earned himself that harassment. He didn't play the Washington games. He didn't go and grovel to the right people to earn his nomination and election. He sort of bypassed them and he went to the people. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of elected by the people rather than selected by the parties or the machine, if you will, in Washington. Um, And I believe, I, I don't think it's even a stretch anymore that we really have one party in America. It's kind of a liberal progressive party. And the elected Republicans and the elected Democrats, they just sort of play their roles to the public mm-hmm. to keep their own um, electorate appeased. You know, the Democrats go to the, you know, liberal progressives and the conservatives and Christians, the Republicans go to and they pitch their message. But then when they get together, you know, it's just liberal progressivism because why else election after election? Nothing stops our country sort of this continued march towards globalism, this secularism, socialism, if you will. Nothing ever stops it. Yet all the rhetoric is we're going to stop it. So um, there's really one party in our opinion. And Donald Trump's election seemed to have sort of gunked all of that up in 2016. Um, And I think for that reason alone, along, well, not alone, but along with what Tucker has to say, they're going to destroy him. Like that's their mission because he bypassed the system. He messed it up. And I think largely they have to destroy him because they have to send a message to all those who would come after him not to go the route Donald Trump went. You come through the party, you come through the machine and life's easy. You try to bypass the machine, we'll destroy you. Um, So you either play the game the right way or the party's going to crush you. They'll make you pay. It just makes you very suspicious, the amount of hatred they have for him. Yeah, because they all loved him before he got into politics. Right, right. Uh, They loved Donald Trump. Everybody loved Donald Trump. So um, that's that. Donald Trump, right? We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Uh, The real topic, though, that we wanted to discuss today is what we believe is Christianity is under attack. uh, And Christian persecution is a real and increasing threat in this nation. Um, And I'm not sure that that's all bad. I think persecution brings clarity. Um, It brings a focus on what's really important. So there is good things about persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we want to talk about um, in the vein of our new national religion. So um, we'll just kind of, we got a bunch of stories just sort of lumped in here. We're not going to deep dive into any of them. We're just going to kind of skim the surfaces. As always, notes will be in the show notes for pretty much all the articles and videos we talk about. So you can go read them for yourself. Um, and then you can tell us how we didn't actually do enough research and we're wrong on everything. Uh, we love those, <laughs> but uh, you can go read them for yourself and find out um, a little bit more information on it. But we just want to kind of skim the surfaces on the news today. 
So we'll start with the biggest kind of um, in-your-face sign of really Christian persecution, and then we'll just kind of work our way down. So I'm sure all of you um, who aren't comatose saw President Biden um, and how he had the enemy's war flag hung front and center at the White House here. It is a war flag. There it is. Loud and proud, right? Okay. In the comments, people pointed out how the flag is equal with the American flag. And then they were posting um, a portion. I don't know where they got it from, but um, where it actually says you're not supposed to have another flag equal or above the American flag if it's like near one. Right. Well, um, that's when the American flag meant something. But no, I think there are Republicans in Congress. I think right now they're trying to pass some bill uh, to not allow this anymore. But if you saw uh, the news, I follow uh, Kelvin Robinson on Twitter, and he was posting that they were doing the same thing in Britain, but to the point where they were actually taking the British flags down to replace them with pride flags oh, all over the wow. street. So they've been conquered as well there. Wow. Um but I mean, we haven't seen, you know, our nation's national religion this prominently displayed really since the last time Biden was in the White House. Go figure. Um, you guys remember last time President Biden was in the White House and they lit the whole thing up in rainbow colors. So, ah, there you go. Takes us back, right? I think that was 2015, maybe, when that was lit up. So, uh yeah, yeah. What is the the stripe um, that's going the opposite direction? Pretty much. I don't know what that uh, at the means. top. Yeah, like the V shapes. Yeah. So uh, again, correct us if we're wrong in here. I don't know all of it, but the original six colors was just kind of like the original pride. But then I think when they added in, I think the back like white and triangle stuff is for like transgender, queer, uh, and I think maybe the black is for like the black transvest or transgendered. So I think it's added in sort of the queer transgendered part to the rest of the pride flag. Uh, I believe. So I think that's why that flag has changed slightly. It's just confusion and sexual immorality flag. That's what it is. Um, but it's more than that. It's our new national religion. And uh, President Biden took to Twitter to let us know that. He says, today, the people's house your house sends a clear message to the country and the world. The message was clear. America is a nation of pride. Boy, you simply could not craft a more satanic declaration if Anton LaVey was your speechwriter. Um, but there it is, folks. I mean, hanging right up there, loud and proud, the message sent out to the whole world. We are a nation of pride. It's like, are you declaring that to God? Like you said, it's the war flag. Like we are declaring we are not humble and we are proud of our sin. It's it's kind of scary. Like I would say they're God declaring is, it to God. God is going to judge our nation. I mean, and that's good. He's a good, just God. Um, it should be expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of the ultimate shake your fist at God. Yeah. You know, you know, we don't want you here anymore, old man, right? <laughs> like, get out of our country. We're a nation of pride. Because again, Joe Biden, we're told he's a Catholic. 
And he's a Catholic's Catholic, <laughs> the most Catholic Catholic that's ever Catholic. Um, so he knows what pride means better than most, right? But there you guys see it, right? Hanging up front and center, the enemy's war flag firmly planted on American soil, uh, the capital secured, right? And all without a shot fired. <laughs> the nation succumbed to pride. And really all it took was 60 years of Christian apathy, false teachers being exalted, you know, lifted up and given prominent platforms to, you know, lull the sheep to sleep. Um, pride, self-idolization, self-gratification, sort of becoming the uh, dominant life principles in this country. And then just like that, voila, a nation that declared at one time it was born under the banner of nature's God and nature's law. Well, it's now a nation that proudly and loudly declares we are our own gods. Shaking your fist at God, right? Because pride and the pride flag, they're just, I mean, they're the symbol. They're the war flag. They're the secular humanist mantra and symbol. Um, so we no longer recognize any God but ourselves in America. Uh, we'll make man in our own image. We see that with the AI revolution. We'll govern according to our own wisdom and our own morality. We don't need God anymore. We have our own non-morality to govern us. Isn't that wonderful? I'm sure we'll uh, be spared from judgment. Uh, certainly we deserve it, right? God deserves to spare us. I love God and his mercy will, like because he's merciful, um, I think he will judge. He will, I think it's a right, a righteous act to judge. And it is. Yeah. I mean, I see the comments all the time, you know, from people on these posts and stuff, or even the stuff that we post. And it's like, you know, God is about to come and wipe out and rid this land and, you know, reestablish. And you're like, sure, that'd be great. But why would he? Like, are, are we a increasingly humble nation? You know, what is it? Second Chronicles that says, if my people that are called by my name um, repent, then I'll mm -hmm. heal their land. Where is that? <laughs> Who's doing that right now? Yeah. Um, so I'd love for God to be merciful towards us. I pray that he'll be merciful yeah. towards us. In his judgment, though, he's cutting off the wicked or stopping the wicked from going further because of how it affects his children on the earth. It's merciful toward his people. Yeah. And I know, I know that he, I mean, we know he's going to judge one day and, and we pray because like the only way this is going to end is his judgment. So I, people aren't going to turn, like, they're not just going to turn. They need, like, we're to the point, really, I don't know how people are going to just, their ears are shut. Nobody wants to listen to the truth. They've been warned time and time again um, by people who they know care for them. It's like they've hardened their heart. And I just feel like it's time. It's time for God to to move. So well, this will end. <laughs> we always think it is, right? We always think how much worse can it get? Oh, it can get worse. Um, and, you know, it's funny because we started this podcast when we first sat down to discuss it. Um, you know, the verse that came to me when I was reading it was Judges 21, 25. You know, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did what was right in their own or their own eyes. 
And we're like, boy, is that America. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are over two years later and you're like, just keeps on getting worse. So, um, but you know, just on this whole topic, we talked about maybe two weeks ago or so now that clarity is a beautiful thing. Um, and I don't think you can have a more clear message than what the white house just put out here. Um, because mm-hmm. again, like we said, once this nation, you know, born under the banner of nature's God and nature's law, it was a profoundly Christian nation, you know, whether or not you want to call it a Christian nation or an unofficial Christian nation doesn't really matter to us. Uh, cause either way <laughs> that is no longer the case. Um, so the beautiful thing with that is we don't have to fool ourselves with this kind of false Christian majority claim that we like to make sometimes, or, or we're the silent majority. We can fool ourselves that we're the silent majority. Uh, no, <laughs> we don't, we have clarity now. We don't have to fool ourselves anymore. All those no, uh, notions, they can be done away with, and we can be thankful at least in part for the clarity that we now have that this is a nation that has turned its back on God mm-hmm. and worship self. And, you know, when you talk about worshiping self, of course you mean worshiping Satan. So, cause you're either worshiping God or you're worshiping Satan and Satan comes in a lot of different flavors, but. Mm-hmm. I uh, mean, in Biden, I don't know where my notes went on there. I thought I had something written. Um, I was quoting Biden just saying how he was, he was making a point to um in supporting trans children like his just one of his statements like he just like his main concern is we're supporting trans children as if that's thought, supposed to make it better what? oh weirdo like why are you encouraging children especially he had like that's the forefront of his mind let's get the children let's well and we have a lot of stories in here today that we're going to cover they are very focused on the children um, because when you are a, a people whose lifestyle is a death lifestyle, I mean, homosexuality, is there's no procreation, transgenderism kills procreation. So when that's your whole movement, you have to get the kids. It's the only way that you can secure the future of your movement is oh, by yeah. other This is all children. tying together with the other articles. Like so. it's, you can see the, the master plan and all this. I mean, we knew it, but come on, just coming the clarity, to clarity today. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is we can feel any kind of sort of way that you want about this, um, anger, whatever it happens to be. But the fact is, you know, we, the American people did this to ourselves. Um, we voted for this. Uh, we voted for our own sinful desires every step of the mm-hmm. way. And we're still doing it today. So again, you know, we talked about Isaiah chapter one, you know, where will you yet be struck? Mm. We're not done being struck yet. Um, It's not enough from God for us. You know, what are they talking about today, right? Let's pay off all the student loans. Like, sure, just go ahead and saddle your grandchildren with even more backbreaking debt. I think this is just God's way of humbling, humbling all of us who voted this way. And he's going to let us reap fully what we've sown. It's a I law. Hope so, but that's the problem with pride is pride closes your eyes to see the damage of, you know, what you've done. So, I mean, you know, what do we have? Uh, I think I have a couple of polls here. It might be difficult for you guys to see. But again, you can check at the show notes. Um, 40% of Protestants in 2020 voted for this. 
with 91% of black Protestants voting for this. Um, 49% of Catholics, it said, voted for this. Um, and again, they knew what they were voting for because this is the same men back in 2015 or 2013, even that passed um, the same sex marriage acts. And then 2015, that lit up the White House and rainbow. It's the same men, the same group, right? That they're voting for now. And even back then, uh, I have a, the numbers here. If you can see them, it might be hard, but uh, 53% of Protestants voted for Barack Obama in 08. 54% voted for uh, him in 08 uh, that were Catholic. So they all voted for this in 2008. And then when it came rolling around in 2020, they said, you know, it'd be great. More of that. Let's vote for more of that. Um, and we did this to ourselves. So again, you can be angry, upset, shaking your fist. We did it, right? You know, we, I don't know. Yeah. 50, over 50% of Catholics were like, he says he's a Catholic. That's our guy. They don't know how to, that's what I was going to say. They just take someone's word and don't judge the fruit at all. I mean, you can hear his other words though. They're crazy. Um, (laughs) You just say Catholic. That's all you need to hear. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's all anyone needs to hear, you know? Um, But, you know, I think me and Nikki did an episode a long time ago and we talked about how we're living in exiled land. Um, you know, but the worst part about our exile is we exiled ourselves. <laughs> you know, we voted for the pagan nation to come in and rule over us and punish us. And, uh, you know, for our beliefs, for our individual rights, get punished for all of that and punish us. They will and yeah. punish us. They are it's like worshiping their gods. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, you know, bow down to, uh, who was it? Uh, Darius? Was it Darius and Daniel? You don't bow down to his idol. Didn't you, you just get... watch the play? <laughs> yeah, we just watched the play at church. <laughs> yeah, if you don't bear, bow down to his idol, uh, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den there. So that's what we're interested in today. Uh, the recognition that Christian persecution is here, and we should expect that it's going to increase. Um, you know, again, unless God decides to miraculously intervene, um, like some people are saying that he will, which is would be wonderful, but if I'm going to be honest, my thoughts are, why would he? Um, because as we've mentioned before, in large part, it's people who claim the name of Christian who voted and gave us this new national religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, what is God going to step in for? We gave this nation over to a false religion. So you know, I have a far easier time to believe that we're in a judges two situation more so than a second Kings chapter 23 sort of revival situation. So do you want to read judges chapter two, verse 11 through 15? Yeah. Then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the eyes of Yahweh and served the Baals. And they forsook Yahweh, the God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked Yahweh to anger. So they forsook Yahweh and served Baal and the Ashtaroth. And the anger of Yahweh burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them. 
so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, the hand of Yahweh was against them for evil, as Yahweh had spoken and as Yahweh had sworn to them, so that they were severely distressed. Yeah, sounds like us, right? Forsaking Yahweh? Check. (laughs) Serving false gods? Worshiping false idols? Check. Given into the hand of plunderers? Check. Sounds like a whole lot of America going on there. God disciplines those who, I mean, are his children or maybe who even just claim to follow him. (laughs) God disciplines and chastises his children, and he also punishes the wicked. (laughs) So maybe as we're being punished for being wicked, you can go, it's because I'm his child, right? (laughs) Yes, let's hope. Uh, Yeah, you you don't know, I guess. Um, you well, better you make know. sure of In your, your own salvation. Life, you can know yeah. and get close to God. Uh, but so that sounds like America to me, by and large. Um, but as we mentioned, right, clarity is a beautiful thing. Um, even Dallas Jenkins, in the video we discussed last week, he agrees with us. Clarity is a beautiful thing. Um, so we believe that this new national religion, um, as it takes root, Old religions, like Christianity, uh, namely, will become less tolerated. So we just have a bunch of stories here that we want to kind of read through, skim through, um, and discuss, just kind of highlighting what maybe we can expect going forward. And you know how it's like a man-made religion when they force other people to follow it, or you're going to be punished. Right, which is kind of the same thing Islam does, you know, right? I mean, in Christianity, you can't force someone to be a Christian at the tip of a spear or the barrel of a gun, Mm-mm. but you can in false religions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that from time to time, you know, especially with this false religion of uh, pride. If they you say they're tolerant. Yeah, the whole tolerance so, thing is they're, they're intolerant. You will be tolerant of their intolerance. That's the rule. <laughs> uh, but do you want to read this headline? King James Bible pulled from multiple Utah schools due to vulgarity or violence after petition called its sex-ridden. And then just this first paragraph here. The King James Version of the Bible has been removed in several Davis School District schools in Utah after it was determined that it contained vulgarity or violence. A petition was made in response to state law that resulted in the removal of many books containing sexual content from school libraries. Yep. And uh, so, you know, we've already seen the godless left in this country try to label Christianity as like a white racist religion. That's something they still um, actively do. They still push. Um, So now here they are attacking Christianity from sort of this uh, vulgar, violent angle. So they've already got the D.I.E. angle covered. They're attacking it there. Now they're coming this way. And again, we can probably expect this to increase, um, especially if it works. If it works, well, then now they got a game plan. Um, Started, you know, attacking it for being vulgar, violent, not suitable for children. And keep in mind, this is Utah. (laughs) You know, one of the most religious states in the country. And while it's mostly Mormonism. I mean, they still consider themselves Christians. Um, and I still believe the Mormon faith, I think the King James Version is their Bible translation of choice. Uh, please correct us if we're wrong there. Uh, so 
again, kind of a big deal in Utah. So they're looking and finding new ways to attack our faith, um, which is dangerous. So removing the Bibles, but I don't know. It's kind of like a a plan to get rid of Bibles under the guise of something else. Well, you know, I don't know if this is just a tactic to try to force their hand to allow more of their, you know, normal perversion type stuff into the school. Oh, if you want to ban a book about, you know, kids can't learn about sex toys in elementary school, well, they don't get the Bible either. And because of our politicians and school board members are so, you know, quickly to cave and they have no spine, they just go, okay, I guess it makes sense. Instead of going, yeah, one's a holy book for a religion. And the other one is some book a pervert wrote last week. (laughs) There's a big difference there. At Uh, least the Bible talks about those things the the violence any sexual content as being sin that's that's it like the other books well, don't again, <laughs> you can't have that talk in a nation whose new religion is pride you can't talk about sin that way so um but don't worry though if you're worried that well they're going to take the bibles out of my school then what am i going to do well the new religion they're working on ways of cleaning this up uh you guys know of Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, he's an author. He is predicting that AI can create a new Bible. Um, and it might actually be correct. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Uh, that's great. Um, and he says in here, if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, Harari then dropped a bomb. This is a bombshell. AI can create new ideas. It can even write a new Bible. So new ideas in the Bible? Oh, well, it's not going to be a Christian Bible. It'll be a pride Bible. Um, So he added, says down here, that throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity, and that in a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct. Just think about a religion whose holy book is written by AI. That could be a reality in a few years. But that's men behind the AI programming it. We are going to worship AI as a god in this world. Uh, We've talked about that before. AI will be an antichrist or the final antichrist, but it will be antichrist of some sort. It's going to play a part somehow. (laughs) Right. It's going to be worshipped by people. Yuval Harari oh, is yeah. already worshipping it. Yeah. And now it can even, you know, create its own sacred text that can be adhered to um, for all, you know, yep. the new faithful Pridearians out there. Um, they'll have their Bible and their sacred text that they'll be assured because of chat GPT. It's correct. <laughs> so, and what a funny slap in the face, right? To all the Christians out there. And, you know, everyone wants a book written by a superhuman intelligence. You're like, what about God? He's like, we all want a Bible or a book written by a non-human entity. You're like, what about God? <laughs> He's like, like, well, that one's not correct. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all fake. And so there you go. Don't worry about your KJV Bible being taken. Um, not to mention, they're not coming after our legacy standard Bibles. Those I'm sure are safe. Uh, or maybe they'll just take a little bit of time till they get to them. But never fear. 
you'll always have your chat GPT sacred text um, to tell you all the wonders of pride and uh, how self-idolatry is the way to true happiness. It'll be glorious and truthful because Yuval Harari said so. Um, yeah, the desires of your heart do not bring happiness. Whatever you're, you know. It's deceitful. It is. Wicked. So this next story I'm sure you guys have seen um, as well, but do you want to read uh, this headline, honey? Man yelling Bible verses at pride event arrested. Let me see. Oh, yeah. read this headline first. Oh. Sorry, I had two articles up here. An unjust arrest. Street preacher in Pennsylvania arrested less than one minute after arriving at pride rally while trying to quote Bible verse. Then just read that first paragraph. Uh, Damon Atkins strolled up to, I think he said Redding. It says reading, but I think it's called, it's pronounced Redding. Redding, Pennsylvania's first ever pride rally, wielding a sign, a Bible and his faith. Less than one minute after joining a smattering of other Christians expressing their views, Atkins found himself getting hauled off in cuffs and charged with criminal disorderly conduct. Yep. So speaking against the state religion, becoming less tolerated, um, and especially in these places that are far more sort of given over to this, you know, religious worship, this uh, idol of pride, you know, places like the Northeast by and large, uh, the entire West Coast is sort of given over uh, to this you know, false religion of pride. So not surprising there. But in this other article, uh, let me see if I can find what it says. Uh, Oh, it says right here. Um, Do you want to read that? He was not arrested for reading a Bible verse, a police spokesman told the outlet. He was arrested for being disorderly. His volume was at a level that he was heckling a pre-planned and permitted event. He was given an area he was allowed to protest in and was asked to keep volume at a level that was not problematic or that was inciting public inconvenience. Oh, that reminds me of the other article. I don't want to get ahead. I just caught that. Settle down. Just settle caught down. caught the same rule. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, if he would have been speaking at an incoherent level, it would have been no problem, right? But I'll bring up this police officer's quote again um, later on when we look at this. What I would say is maybe a uh, pretty prophetic, though old, about a decade and a half old video. Um, but also just on this, something to keep our eye on. <laughs> I think we need to be far more questioning about our police officers. Um, you know, mm-hmm. far too many kind of boys in blue, if you will. Um, they seem completely comfortable with just, you know, enforcing the law, right? And just enforcing the law. Um, and that's all great when you've got a moral and just leadership structure in your state or your nation. Mm-hmm. You know, but when your leadership structure is demonic and they hate you, they hate your religion, they hate your constitutional rights. Well, that kind of puts, you know, we the people, if you will, in a very precarious situation, right? Um, This is kind of that Hitler's monsters type thing, right? Just going to work, just doing what I'm told. Like, yeah, but those are humans, just doing what I'm told, right? Gotta make the boss happy. Just enforcing the law here. So, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, we saw this 
exact same, well, probably even at a greater scale during the pandemic. Uh, I mean, how many videos or stories did you read about police officers that seem more than ready and more than happy to arrest parents? You know, they were arresting teens, like whoever they could, just because they were out without a mask on or, you know, anything like that. Um, they were upset at a town hall meeting, arrest them. Like the security guards at the stores loved their oh, position yeah. of authority over the masks, man. They the just retail store security guard oh, was living his dream. They thought they were ugh, just yeah. stalking you through the stores. Yeah, it was outrageous, right? I got kicked out a few times. So, I mean, it's the same thing here, right? Do any police officers out there have a spine to just be like, yeah, I'm not enforcing that. Like, these people have rights. I know that you hate them and what they believe, but they do have rights. Um, you know, and if we were a nation, by and large, supposedly this Christian nation, um, I don't know that this would be a problem, right? But when you don't teach obedience to Christ to people, which our nation largely doesn't, this seeker-sensitive Christian nation, you know, but instead you kind of preach this overcome your battles, mm -hmm. Jesus wants to love you, you know, avoid persecution, this type of Christianity. Yeah, the battles are anything that stands in the way of your comfort. Yeah, if it gets in the way of your comfort, your prosperity, yeah. no, it's not of God, right? Do it's away a with it. It's a Goliath you need to <laughs> defeat. Right, so these people feel no obligation to stand for God, um, especially against their own sort of material prosperity. I'm going to stand for this guy's rights. That would put my job in jeopardy. Not going to do it, right? I'd rather just arrest him. Uh, makes my life easier. Because these cops are doing what's good for their careers. Um, and many of them, sadly, are probably even would claim to be believers. Um, but again, it's what keeps their paychecks coming. So you're not going to ruffle the feathers. You know, we see it in the military all the time as well. Um, this sort of security over convictions. Um, because I think at the end of the day, not a lot of people are being taught this obedience above all, which should be a Christian tenant, obedience to Christ over everything. Um, but we've kind of traded that in for security, um, material happiness and joy. Um, those all seem to take center stage in our lives. So, um, but I mean, make no mistake when we talk about obedience, like at the end of the day, you will be obedient. You know, you're either going to be obedient to the antichrist spirit of the age out there that's running our nation, or you'll be obedient to God. Um, and whoever you choose to be obedient to, you will reap the reward for that obedience. Mm -hmm. uh, just ask um, uh, uh, Blue Jays pitcher, Toronto Blue Jays pitcher. Uh, we talked about him last week, if you guys remember, Anthony Bass. Um, you guys remember that he was kind of made to grovel by the Toronto Blue Jays to the media, um, the state religion, if you will, uh, because he chose to offend the uh, the state religion and its adherents by proclaiming his beliefs in Jesus, if you remember that. He basically like retweeted a video in support of uh, Christian principles, and he was drugged in front of the media. He was persecuted for that made to grovel. I think he even said in that video, he was basically sent to Toronto Blue Jays re-education camps. <laughs> and, and he came out walking back his initial convictions and, uh, you know, basically denying Jesus, if you will, um, all for, again, the sake of his paycheck. Well, as this article says here, you know, after he was basically made to grovel to the media, um, after he was made to go to these re-education camps, 
Well, the Blue Jays cut him anyways. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Anthony Bass. They say it's for different reasons. Oh, I'm sure they're like, yeah. well, he just wasn't good enough. He wasn't made. He had to make roster space. Yeah, yada, yada. Yeah. Although I did hear they cut him. I mean, I'm sure this was purely coincidental. It was going to happen anyways. No message sent whatsoever. Uh, I believe they cut him and they called up from their AAA team. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, a non-binary catcher. Uh, so they had to make the state religion. Uh, they had to appease them. So they brought up the non-binary catcher to replace the bigoted Christian. So, you know, Anthony Bass, right? We see chosen security um, through his job over faith in Christ. And he reaped a just reward, right? He chose obedience to the state and he reaped what the state religion, the false religion of pride has to offer. And all it really has to offer is misery and unforgiveness. Um, and you may be saying after all of this episode, like, it's not, you know, religion, it's not my religion. I don't, fine. It's not our religion either, but this is the religion of those who run our country and Toronto's in Canada. It's certainly the religion of those who run Canada. Um, so, you know, be clear, <laughs> be aware of who you're being obedient to. Mm -hmm. You will reap a just reward for your obedience. Don't be Anthony Bass. Um, but we got more stories, more persecution. You want to read this headline? Unconstitutional lawsuit challenges Colorado laws targeting pro-life speech near abortion clinics. And then just these first two paragraphs. Colorado's governor and several Colorado officials are facing a lawsuit over content-based free speech restrictions around abortion clinics the Center Square, and other outlets reported. The government may not target life-affirming speech simply because it disagrees with the message. That is unlawful viewpoint uh, discrimination. It should not be a crime to lovingly and compassionately approach another person to tell them about alternatives to abortion. Uh, the first Liberty Senior Counsel, Roger Byron, said in a statement. Right. <laughs> so it says the government may not target life affirming speech simply because it disagrees with the message. Think about that statement. Our government <laughs> disagrees with life affirming speech. And of course it does, right? I mean, we know that um, affirming life is anti new state religion, right? Because they affirm self, not life in general. They affirm their life for sure, but every other life just ain't that important. Um, you know, so here again, we see Christians, this pro-life viewpoint being discriminated against in Colorado by establishing free speech zones, which of course they really mean are religious, faithful exclusion zones. Well, this is what I was talking about with the preacher. He had a certain area he could stand in. And hold his sign, and he couldn't yell. He couldn't be loud enough for people to hear. This is the same thing. Yes, you're allowed to be a Christian on the corner of 12th and Sycamore. Right. And nowhere else, you know, yep. or else you're getting arrested. Um, you know, but so, yeah, they've, again, persecution, right? You want to go and speak about your faith in the public square? Well, you'll be arrested for it because abortion 
is a staple in our nation's new religion. It has been for a very long time. Um, they must, you know, if you want to look at it, they must be able to maintain their ability to offer their sacrifice to Moloch um, as a tribute for their own positive economic weather forecast. Um, Got to make sure the money keeps flowing and the lifestyle is comfortable. Don't get in their way. You know, you get in the way of that, um, you're becoming less tolerable in this nation, if you will. Um, and of course, though, right, this isn't unprecedented. This isn't anything new. Um, we saw a story just like this, what is it, last year, I think, sometime, um, when the FBI, you guys remember this, the FBI raided uh, a Catholic pro-life activist house as his screaming children were in there, and they ran in and arrested Mark Houck. Um, what happened? Did he get sentenced? I didn't see like a I don't on remember the, the outcome of his uh, it said he could get eleven years. Yeah, I don't Isn't that crazy. He didn't even do anything. Either way, right? You dare speak against the state's child sacrifice, the FBI will raid your home. But never mind that you can trust them in the handling of Donald Trump's classified documents. Don't worry. Um ay, ay, ay. so there's more. Um this story, I'll be honest, I was a bit waffling on including, but we'll include it anyways. Do you want to read that headline? <laughs> Washington judge forces Christian-owned women's spa where nudity is compulsory to admit transvestites with intact male genitalia. And then, yeah, just these first two paragraphs. A Washington district court judge appeared to have dashed any remaining hopes one Christian family had of keeping their traditional Korean spa a sanctuary for women. Seattle district court judge Barbara Jacobs Rothstein upheld a discrimination ruling against the Olympus Spa Monday, ensuring that the transvestic activist who brought the initial complaint against the spa and others like him, will now be able to parade around the premises with their male genitalia exposed. <laughs> so this place, they said that they let trans women come. If they're... If they've had they've surgery. Surg right. If you look like a woman, they count it good enough. So um, it's still, it's like, gosh, they were already... Right. And that's why I waffled on even including this. Um, it's, but it seems like the women, the real women who actually go there... They're aware of that, and they don't care if a trans woman is there. So why would they care if a self-identified trans woman was there and didn't have the surgery? I get it. He shouldn't have won. But if those women are going to this spa knowing that there's really men there and they don't care, well, why would they care about this? I saying that the actual... I don't want to get in the weeds on this story, but I don't know if it's like the actual, um, you know, customers are aware or if they're just saying that the business owners are accepting of that. They are aware or if they're made aware, so long as you've been surgically know. made to look like a woman. I'm sure that the customers there can tell Oh, I'm sure you if can. If it's a man, even if he doesn't have the man the parts. guy walks in with hands <laughs> like a baseball mitt and Walking broad around shoulders. nude, like, look uh, at the feet, how big they are. Look, and Look at the shoulders on that chick. <laughs> I know. Like, so it's like, uh, But either I don't know. way. Um, it's wrong, but at the same time, it's like, 
what do they care for, really? They're but I already... just threw this story in here. I thought it was worth it because, you know, we mentioned earlier, right? The West Coast, almost in its entirety, is completely on board with the national state religion, um, this religion of pride. Um, and the thing is, the reason I wanted to add this is because the new religions, proselytizers, um, they know this, right? Mm-hmm. That these Christian businesses exist and they target these Christian-owned businesses. They um, do. Now, as far as this business in particular, I'm not going to argue the merits of this family's uh, real, true Christian faith because they own a nude spa. Yeah, I and they probably... like like the rule is you have to be naked in there. Now, again, That's you weird. might say, well, it's Korean culture. I don't know. There's Christian culture. So yeah. regardless, I just wanted to put it in here because they at least are known to be a Christian family. The new the article notes that they're a Christian family. Well, it's a uh, bathhouse. I, I don't know if that's different. I guess I don't, I don't know what the place is. Either really way, about. they seem to be known as Christian. That's the reason right. I included it, because these proselytizers for the state religion know this. I mean, remember years ago, we had the, uh, the cake bakeries where mm-hmm. they were targeted, and these sorts of people, they knew who they were. Mm-hmm. They targeted them specifically for their Christian beliefs, took them to court and won. And now here again, a Christian supposedly spa owner is being taken to court. Um, and, you know, you could say at the end of the day, they were targeted because they didn't accept really in a hundred percent acceptance is what they're guilty of because they did accept at some level um, the, the transgenderist stuff, but they didn't have a hundred percent acceptance of the state religion of you know, self, self-truth, all these sorts of non, uh, nonsensical things. Um, so they were persecuted for their faith. Um, you know, their failure to submit to the new religion brought persecution on them. And the guy who actually went there specifically to persecute them um, posted after he won the court case uh, on Twitter. He said, I did it. I worked with the Washington Human Rights Commission and got Olympus Spa, the main naked lady spa in the area, to change their policies and allow all self-identified women access regardless of surgery and genitals. So mission accomplished. I got them to bend their knee. The law forced them into compliance. Um, so that's a win. So that uh, was about dudes. two years ago. I didn't see the date until now. It was tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's nothing new. That but... was probably two years ago when he filed it. The court cases just got resolved okay. um, recently. So that's why it made ah, headlines again. Gotcha. But Right. So there's some persecution, at least for people who claim to be Christian. Um, their faith got, you know, came head to head with the new state religion and they were made to cave. Um, you will bend your knee to the new state religion. Might as well just make it not a women's only spa. They're just going to, I don't know, maybe they've changed it just to be like, it's spa. If you don't care about being in front of men naked and they're naked and... Well, again, if they're I mean, Christian, you would say, no, you close the spa then. If they're Christian. Or whatever it right. is, right? You just say, we don't allow nudity in here or anymore. Or they cave. Right? Who are you going to be obedient to? Now, again... I'm not going to go on the validity of their Christian faith, but right, just the point. But right? if that so. happened and they truly were Christian, they would have just had to close, like honor God and just trust God's going to provide for you if that was your main income. Like, Or, here's a thought, move your business out of that hellhole called the West Coast that's completely given over to satanic yeah. influence. So right. um, here's another story from the satanic West Coast. You want to read this headline? California law would punish parents who don't affirm gender choice of their children. 
Mm, freedom. Uh, <laughs> do you want to read this couple paragraphs? An amendment to a proposed law in California would make a child's gender choice part of their welfare and punish parents who don't affirm those decisions. The amendment was added to California, I forget what AB, AB, do I have to say what it stands No, for? I don't know what it means. <laughs> AB 957. It's just the, the naming convention of yeah. the bills. Um, which already passed the state assembly and will go to the Senate. The bill defines the health, safety, and welfare of the child to include a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity as it pertains to the determination of child custody and visitation in contested legal proceedings. And I was just saying, this sounds like the pro-choice movement. Like it's about affirming choice, no matter what it is, as long as it's not glorifying God. Yeah. As long oh. as it's about death, then you will affirm it. Um, if it's about life, as we just talked about, if you're a Christian who wants to go and preach pro-life outside of an abortion clinic, no, not allowed, right? You you aren't allowed to promote life, yeah. um, just self-idolatry. That's what you're allowed to promote. So, you know, here you see in California, you know, you're either going to affirm your child's gender, whatever they happen to claim it's going to be. Um, you either capitulate to their beliefs in that new state religion or you'll lose your children. Those are your choices, right? And that's persecution. Mm -hmm. um, and the group arguing against this uh, law, they wrote, uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, right here. There are numerous religions that believe gender and sex are binary and based solely on a child's biology. And we'll just throw in science as well. There is no way parents with these beliefs can affirm a child's chosen gender identity if it differs from their biology without violating, violating their religious faith. In short, this bill enables the state to take gender-confused children from their parents if those parents want to raise their children to believe in the gender binary or that biology determines gender or sex. And of course it does. <laughs> of course that's what it means. Because uh, President Biden, you guys again been following him or whatever, he's been telling us many times over the last couple months, um, that according to the new state religion, those aren't your children. They're our children. He makes that statement repeatedly. <sighs> They're our children. They're all of our children. You know, so according to the new state religion, uh, they have as much say in how, you know, your child is going to be raised you know, the gender they're going to adopt, they have as much say in that as you do as the parent. Um, mm -hmm. And if you guys remember, uh, Washington State, again, that satanic West Coast, passed much the same bill just a few months ago, you know, that if you don't consent to gender uh, affirming care for your kids, they can get taken from you. So that, to me, sounds like a clear case of persecution. I actually mm -hmm. saw a tweet on uh, Twitter, I think, about, you know, there are children, you know, it's everybody's children, community children. I think I reported them as misinformation on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, children belong to their parents. They're not wards of the state. They're not community property. Yeah, I don't this like the saying anymore that says it takes a village. Nope. Nope. Not today. Not today. So I was just going to say, um, so women can choose to murder their children if they survive an abortion, 
but women cannot raise their children the way they want that is best for that child. So is murder sometimes what's best for the child then? Or is that situation about the woman and not the child? So they either want your children dead or they want them gender confused and mutilate their bodies and have to live off hormones the rest of their short lives um, because that drastically lowers your lifespan. This is a D. Do not say the words you're not allowed to say on YouTube. How dare you? <laughs> you know what you can't say on here. The state religion refuses it. Um, but it is, right? Because it's an agenda. That's all I'll say. It's whatever promotes death at the end of the day. If it's abortion, yeah, they're on board with that. You can have abortion. That promotes death. If it's gender confusion that leads to mutilating your own body or poisoning it, you can do that. If it's anything that gets in the way of that, um, because, you know, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, so if you're all for that, then you're in compliance with the new state religion. If you speak out against that or you stand against that, even if you're the parent of said child, you are no longer in compliance with the state religion. Um, that is dangerous, and that's persecution. That's coming towards families. It's just the saddest thing to pit the children against the parents because that's the ultimate um, way to control people. I mean, they already agree with their children to have these surgeries done because they tell them, well, their child's going to commit suicide. And they say, I'd rather have a, a trans child than a dead child. They just fear. That's how Satan works. The fear, they say, your child right. will. The, uh, the state religion and their, you know, their leaders, they're kind. They'll give you the opportunity to capitulate as they guilt trip you. Um, you know, you rather have a living daughter or a dead son. You have a chance to say, I'll accept your offer. If you refuse that offer, their kind benevolence, well, then they'll take the kid from you. Um, or they'll just you know, fill the kids' heads so full of lies and, and untruth, and they won't tell you what's happening behind your back to where the kid yeah. hates you at the end of the day. And you're not allowed uh, to get them help. You're not allowed to say, well, I want them to go to a Christian psychologist. Oh, no. And that, we have those stories as well. They just completely block anything trying to help them. Like, Yeah. You know, so if you have a child see. now, if you're in California, Washington, um, or they begin to start showing this adherence to the new state religion, um, and you try to get in the way of that, well, the state will be looking to take your child. It's like you can't send them to school, and you can't let them have social media. <laughs> like, that's how they get your kids. Those are probably the two uh, main ways, yeah. I yes. Mean, if you want to ensure or at least yeah. bolster your chances of sparing your kid from this new satanic religion— those are yeah. two good things to keep them away from. Yeah. Public school and social media. Um, yeah. But as you know, Nikki was saying, you can't even get them help if they start to show this. President Biden's already signed executive orders um, banning conversion therapy. This happened, I think, a couple of years ago or last year or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, banning just following conversion Canada. therapy. You know, so again, they're really outlawing any opportunity parents have to help their child. You know, so for the new state religion, it will be adhered to by all hail Hydra. Um, so as this says here, Joe Biden signed an executive order aiming to curb discrimination against transgender youth by drying up federal funding for the discredited practice of conversion therapy. 
Uh, Why don't they just call it gender dysphoria and they just know they grow out of it? Like, this is science. This is all so much research on it. Can't you just pull up the research and say, um, no, I'm going to wait it out with my kid and they're going to grow out of it? Of course you could. But the problem with that is when you let them wait, you wait, allow them to grow out of this. It doesn't satisfy the requirement of death. <laughs> that needs to be met. You've got to get them and convince them before they can make their own rational decision. And I think the stat we heard is 85% of youth um, with gender dysphoria, once they reach the age of puberty or they get out of puberty, like 85% of them go on to live normal lives. It's just a phase, a transitory mm -hmm. phase that um, more and more kids are going to because of social media and the social contagion. And then the perversion of our public school system and uh, the state religion that's being in, you know shoved and propagandized in their face all the time. So um, yeah, they're really boxing you in. That's Christian persecution. So um, those are kind of just the wave top stories that we had um, just from this last week and a half or so um, that I just wanted to highlight there. So as we like to try to do, kind of make this... Um, you know, bring this home to Christians. So why is this important to Christians? And um, Francis Schaeffer, I think I've mentioned this book before in his wonderful book, uh, The God Who Is There. I'll have links to this in the show notes. Please go pick up a copy. It's wonderful. Um, but in that book, he says, we must prepare young people to face the monolithic 20th, uh, 20th century culture by teaching them what the particular attack in our generation is in contrast to the attack of previous generations. Hmm. This is the attack that we're facing in our generation, the establishment of a anti-Christ new state religion. Um, this is what people need to be prepared for. So It's completely anti-Christ. Anything that's good, it's orderly the way God intended it to be. That They hate anything that's good. They hate the image of God. They hate righteous righteousness, the righteous acts that we do that glorify God, the way we live. It's not just the image, it's the actions. They hate the fruit of the Spirit. That's it. Right. I mean, we were a nation at one point where our great national leaders, the Washingtons, the Lincolns, they would give up and give you know, Thanksgiving proclamations mm -hmm. and calls to mm -hmm. prayer and worship to God. and Bringing the nation together and true prayer. Now we have presidents who invite, you know, uh, LGBTQ is... pride days where if you guys saw the news, they have topless transsexuals running around the White House grounds to celebrate the new religion. So does he pray? No. Does he do a national prayer? Well, I, I don't, don't know. know. We have to ask Anton LaVey. How what is they he giving pray. thanks to God for? <laughs> I don't know. What would he pray? <laughs> well, again, and you know, this isn't even a joke. I mean, just we're not trying to disparage the man. It just you judge a tree by the fruit. He's not a Christian, so why would he pray? Um, doesn't make any sense. So, but again, I believe this is important to Christians and why we should care about it. Um, because I think our days of just comfortably and just openly, unabashedly sort of living according to our Christian faith, it may be winding down in this nation. Um, and it most certainly will be winding down if we continue this sort of, you know, 
apathetic kind of go along to get along, you know, let unbelievers define what it means to be Christian, sort of Christian faith um, that we've really been, uh, I guess, allowing to take root for, again, the last, whatever, 60 years or so, um, this sort of milk toast Christianity, um, you know, do whatever you want, say whatever you want, doesn't really make a difference. Um, this sort of Christianity, I think, is if that's what we continue to be, then sure, it's going to come because they have no resistance to it. Uh, so I think, I think that has to be uh, something we reject entirely. Um, because I think, by and large, so much of the Christian church, especially in America, is viewed as a joke by the unchurched in our nation. You know, that's why they label us as hypocrites, right? Because in many respects, they know what the Bible says, at least, you know, on the fringes, they understand it. And they know enough to know that we're not actually living according to it. Our faith isn't actually being evident, you know, that we really believe in this book. Um, it's right. just, it's an accessory that we wear at times, or it's a a title that we like to label ourselves with so we can feel morally superior. They get that. So there's no threat there because we're not actually living according to the faith we, uh, and again, this is difficult because those who do actually try to adhere to it, the new state religion is going to label you a bigot, a hater, you know, um, and all these different names, right? And if you don't know what you believe or you're easily swayed, then that can get you to be quiet, right? So, um, but persecution, I think, is the environment in which Christianity exists, um, in this nation, it's becoming that sort of environment now, but that shouldn't scare us because that's the environment that Christianity has existed in since Christ walked the earth. Yep. Um, really, America and largely the West has it's been an anomaly, you know, um, in the world's, in a, you know, in the Christian world, the West is an anomaly um, because this is really the only time and place that Christianity has been allowed to be, you know, openly practiced and thriving um, openly, if you will. Um, but again, as we're kind of claiming here, the West seems to have a new religion, um, the religion of materialism, the religion of self-worship, you know, so where Christianity is going to conflict with that, um, new religion, uh, expect Christianity to be opposed and those who are Christian to be opposed and persecuted. I think that's something that we should be aware of. And I think that's why it's important to kind of gird up your loins, right? Steal up your soul and prepare for that. So, um, but what should we do about it? What should Christians do about it? Uh, well, again, I think the first thing you you have to recognize that it's happening. Um, you know, sticking yeah. your head in the sand doesn't really get us anywhere. Trying to ignore it doesn't get us anywhere. Um, I'm sure that there are those, and um, there's probably many, even some listen to this, that'll just say, Oh, this is nonsense, right? There's no state religion. Those are just one-off stories, right? We can ignore them. Or you can just say like, ah, oh, well, it's California, right? California's always been crazy, but I don't live in California, so who cares? Um, and I think if that's your mindset, I think you're making a grievous error. Uh, because, you know, these stories, as you mentioned, this is just a a skimming of the news over the last week yeah. and a half that we pulled from. Um, there are many, many more. Um, I had these kind of saved in my phone and I forgot until the last minute. But, you know, in our home state of Michigan, they just banned conversion therapy. 
So President Biden banned it. Well, Michigan doubled down on it. You can't even help your kids um, if they're suffering from gender dysphoria. Is it um, to where you can't even talk to a friend or is it just for minors? I don't know. I'd have to read into the actual bill. Um, I just saw this right before we sat down to record. This just came out um, on the because, 15th of June. Because we're told in scripture to reason with people and to warn them when they go off. What if this is a, you know, your child who's a Christian and now they're going off the path? Like our higher authority is scripture. Well, I think it's ultimately going to depend on your kid too. Because the kid's going to be the one that outs you. You know, if you're trying to get your kid help right. and the kid says, right. I don't want your help. I want your want you to affirm me. And they happen to go to their school counselor, the, the nurse, whoever. Um, you know, we just talked about stories last week where in our current state, New Mexico, um, if you, I think, report, if you're one of these trusted, you know, adults, you know, professionals, the nurses, the counselors, and you report that a kid is um, seeking gender-affirming care, you can be fined $5,000 for that. So, What if the kid wants to talk with somebody about... Well, the kid's too stupid like, then and doesn't understand like the new the, religion. Like maybe we, they're not sure. They're like, I'm kind of leaning toward this, but I'm not sure, and I want to talk to people on both sides. Um, I guess they can't like report. I guess they're wanting to listen to it. You're not like forcing your opinion or your beliefs on them. I'm if they're sure they're it. more than happy. If the kid needs help, they will get him a psychiatrist who will make known to him that affirmation is the best and most trusted science they have. So they're going to start having kid. like a waiver to fill out. Like if you guys remember, say, we talked about um, the podcast months ago, it was uh, generation indoctrination. Uh, that the Christian Post put out. And in there, they interviewed a girl. I think it was a girl that transitioned to a guy and detransitioned. And she talked about her process of um, going through, you know, the gender dysphoria and then seeking affirmation care. And she was like, yeah, there were a few psychologists in our town that were well known as basically rubber stamps. If you went to see them, they were going to give you the care that you wanted, not that you needed, but the, what you mm -hmm. wanted in your um, delusion. So I'm sure they exist everywhere, right? So I'm sure the state and the counselors are more than happy to get you the help you need from the, you know, selected uh, gender-affirming psychologist. I, there's no way you're going to go to a California public school or Michigan public school and they're going to go, you know what? I think you know, need to go and see the pastor and talk this out with him first before you make a decision. No, they're going to go. Pastors are going to get locked up. Like it's going to, that's oh. their job. Like too, like they're to look after the sheep. They're going to, I don't know. But again, <sighs> there's still more stories than this too. You know, I just saw this today as well. President Biden um, just had the uh, Health and Human Services pull $4.5 million of funding from Oklahoma. And it says down in the article that they pulled it out of there because Oklahoma their pro-life family services were deemed out of compliance. Pro-life is out of compliance for the new state religion. Um, wow. So there's a lot more stories, and it made me think of the Apostle John, right? As he ended his gospel, you know, if I were to write down 
all the things we saw, all the books in the world couldn't contain it. And I thought we pulled all the headlines of Christian persecution. This episode couldn't contain them all. So oh. um, there is much, much persecution. Just for going the past around. week or two, you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we actually devoted our entire time to just skimming the headlines. Um, you know, so you could say, right, again, it's just California. But the people that run our country are California, right? That's their belief in their mindset. They are Canada. You know, we've talked about Canada a lot on here. Um, they hate your Christian faith because your Christian faith places an authority above them, right? And that's unacceptable to the state. Because in Christian America, the classic Christian America, our rights come from God. In pride America, our rights come from government. So when Christian faith and the new state religion butt heads, you're going to have to be smashed. Um, you're going to have to be made to comply with the state. Um, you can't serve a higher authority. Um, and, you know, again, this probably isn't anything new to people who have been tuned in and paying attention. Smart, godly men and women have been warning about this for years. And the problem is, We've all been ignoring it, right, for years because mm -hmm. Christians like their trinkets too. You know, we like to Netflix and chill just as much as anybody. And um, so we're all guilty of that. So I wanted to play this 14-year-old uh, video <laughs> that I just saw from Paul Washer um, where he was warning us and we ignored it. So it's about a three-minute video, but I think it's just wonderful. So we'll give it a listen. The church in America is going to suffer so terribly. And we laugh now, but they will come after us. And they will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad, while we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized by so many trinkets. The net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren, and it does not cause you to fear. You will be isolated from society as has already happened. Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until finally we are silenced. We will be called things that we're not and persecuted not for being followers of Christ but for being radical fundamentalists who do not know the true way of Christ which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. They've already come after your children, and for most of you, they got them. They got them through the public schools and indoctrination and the university and indoctrination, and then you wonder why your children come out not serving the Lord. It's because you fed them right into the devil's mouth. So little by little, the net is closing around, and then it's not little by little. Look how fast things are going downhill just in a matter of weeks. Matter of weeks. But at the same time, know this. Persecution is always meant for evil, but God always means it for good. And is it not better to suffer in this life to have an extra weight of glory in heaven? You must settle this in your mind. This is the one thing I want to say over and over. Do not believe down through history you have a wrong idea of martyrdom and persecution you think that these men were persecuted and martyred for their sincere faith in Jesus Christ that was the real reason but no one heard that publicly they were martyred 
and they were persecuted as enemies of the state, as child molesters, as bigots, as narrow-minded, stupid people who had fallen for a ruse and can contribute nothing to society. Your suffering will not be noble. So your mind must be filled with the Word of God when all people persecute you and turn on you. And if the Spirit of God in common grace pulls back and you see even your children and your grandchildren tossing in the lot that you should die. This is no game. You want revival and awakening, but know this. For the most part, great awakenings have come only preceding great national catastrophes or the persecution of the church. I believe God is bringing a great awakening, but I believe that He is raising up young men who are strong in trust in the providence of God to be able to wade through the hell that's going to break loose on us. And it will be on us before we even recognize it. Unless, unless in God's providence, he is not done. I mean, is that not absolutely true in its entirety? And that was what, 2009, when they were warning of this? Um, and it's here now. I mean, so yeah. two things, though, I think that jumped out to me when he said that, or when I listened to that clip. You know, we mentioned that cop earlier that arrested the preacher in Pennsylvania. Um, and if you remember what he said about why he arrested him, right? He said he didn't arrest him for reading his Bible verse. He arrested him for being disorderly. You know, you're being uh, uncouth here, and that's not acceptable. It's not your religion. We don't mind your religion. You just can't be so disorderly, right? That's what he was kind of saying in that clip there. Um, it's not his faith. It's his conduct that's become unacceptable, mm -hmm. right? Because they don't want to be seen as... They still want to play the game that they're, they support religion and freedom of religion. They don't want to come right out in your face that they're persecuting you. So he's not persecuting for his Christian faith. No, no, no. It's his behavior that was unacceptable. Um, right. Like he said, I mean, he was talking about martyrs, that they would not die a noble death. But any type of persecution that comes against us is going to be like that, not like we're being persecuted for our faith. It's going to be something ridiculous that's going to make us angry. Because if they're going to persecute us, we want them to say why. We want them to be honest. But yeah, yeah. that's the way it is. <laughs> that's a good thing to steal up your mind about, you know. You know, it'd be great if we were all Stephen, you know, standing in front of the White House, you know, proclaiming the heresies and the false beliefs to the, you know, the purveyors of the state religion while we're being stoned and Jesus is standing. And everybody knows why. But that's not going to be the case, right? But the case is probably going to be far more likely our, you know, show's namesake, right? Dietrich yeah. Bonhoeffer. You'll be sort of silently arrested, hauled off to jail for a couple of years to be executed, you know, without much fanfare. And yeah. right. So like he says there, if your mind's not um, steeled up in the, the word of God and your faith isn't sure, that can be tough to, to deal with. And, you know, so the second thing he mentioned there, um, he said that, you know, revival comes, you know, sure it comes, but it generally comes on the back of great persecution. Uh, so now seems like a very good time to remind everyone uh, that God has a predetermined number of martyrs that will die for their faith before Christ comes back. So last I checked, looking around, Christ hasn't come back yet. <laughs> that means there's still more to walk to the grave 
um, to be martyred for their faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you want to read, honey, Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the witness which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Master, holy and true, will you not judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And a white robe was given to each of them, and it was told to them that they should rest for a little while longer, until the number of their fellow slaves and their brothers who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. Yep. So still more to go. Um, and it's an honor. I think we need to remind people that being a martyr for the Lord is a great honor. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's funny. Everyone wants to be a great pastor, preacher, prophet, miracle worker, healer. Not too many people are praying to be martyrs, um, but they were given a white robe. You know, they were crowned with glory um, for the Lord. And uh, so it's not something we often pray. You know, I'm reminded of Martin Luther. I think we've talked about that before where, you know, he cried over the fact that he wasn't martyred. He didn't think he was worthy mm. to be martyred for um, Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's the mindset I think we, I mean, we should have all the time. That should be our mindset. But again, as we see persecution rise, that should be something we come to grips with in our own life. So, you know, what should we do about it? I think we should prepare, you know, as the old saying goes, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I think that should be our mindset. We should do that. And then how should Christians pray about it? Because we should pray about everything. Mm -hmm. um, but if we're going to hope for the best, um, that means we as Christians, I think we, you know, if you haven't been already, you need to be getting down on your knees and crying out to God that he would have mercy on this land. Um, that he would cast out the wicked and he'd raise up righteous men and women um, to lead us, you know, back from this abyss of sin and sorrow, you know, this trajectory that we're on. Yeah. Um, but we also should be praying as Paul Washer in that video clip 14 years ago was sort of alluding to that our hearts and minds would be resolved and steadfast in the Lord. You know, that should persecution continue, should it come our way? you know, that we are ready to make our stand for Christ. You know, we can look at Anthony Bass right now and say, ah, I can't believe he folded and he yada yada. But if you've never been in that position, then you don't actually know if your faith will stand. You know, you better start praying now that it will, um, because everybody likes to think they're going to be a, an action hero, you know, when their time comes, but very few are. Um, so you need to be preparing yourself now in prayer and study. and Like, who are you without your faith, knowing you um, were ashamed of Jesus? And then what do you do after that? You're like, who am I? <laughs> be hard. I mean, again, we've asked you guys to pray for Anthony Bass. Continue that, yeah. you know, he would come back. He would repent. You know, Peter did it. Yeah. Um, so we're all right. liable to. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean... You just feel sorry for the man. You know, how do you sleep at night anymore? Um, yeah. Knowing that you have, you had a chance to stand and you didn't, you know. I think I was talking with somebody this week, or maybe it was one of the comments that was um, posted that, you know, you'll never regret standing for Christ. You know, you'll never regret the time when you had an opportunity to stand and you stood. 
but mm. you will always regret the times when you had the opportunity to stand and you didn't. Um, those will haunt you. So um, just start preparing yourself now that should persecution come to your door, you're actually ready to make that stand. Um, mm. you know, I think we need to become people of serious prayer, um, prayer over ourselves, prayer over our families, and then don't forget to pray over your nation. We need to be praying. God is merciful, um, though do we deserve that mercy? It's hard to say, <laughs> but we can still pray for it anyways, right? I mean, David, uh, God told him he was going to lose his child, and he still prayed, right? Because he mm-hmm. knew God was merciful. Right. Um, so do you have any final thoughts, honey, on what we've discussed today, the new stories are just the nation's new religion um, in general? Any thoughts? Just what you said. We do need to pray. Um. Yeah, for ourselves. We need to pray for our own families. Um, pray for all these children. Yeah, and be somebody in your community and your faith group that encourages, um, you know, encourages others to stand, encourages others in their faith. Um, you know, we're a nation nowadays that, um, and I can, maybe it's just a, a male perspective, not openly encouraging all the time. You know, we kind of, find our joy in ridicule and things like that. I think when it comes to faith and our brothers and sisters in the faith, we need to start being encouraging, mm-hmm. you know, encouraging them to have, you know, faith and conviction and stand with them, pray with them, those sorts of mm-hmm. things that give people courage. I think we need to be those kind of people. So um, that's really all we got today. Again, like we said, no time for the Bible topic. Our sermon recommendation um, is not a sermon recommendation. It's a, a podcast recommendation. And um, it's a, uh, let me see if I can get it pulled up here really quick. So I can just, if you're on YouTube, I can show it to you. Um, but it's a podcast from Jordan Peterson with, uh, what's the guy's name? James Lindsay. And yeah, here it is. Uh, a podcast it's called Marxism, Religion, and Everything in Between with James Lindsay. Now, I will just say, because people in Christian circles get upset, I'm not telling you to get your faith from Jordan Peterson, not telling you to get your faith, uh, your biblical understanding from Jordan Peterson or James Lindsay or anything of that sort. Not saying that at all. But what this podcast is, is two intelligent people. And what's interesting about it is they're talking about really the state religion that we've been talking about but they kind of dig back in history on what the roots of it are. Because a lot of people, and maybe you included, are saying, this is politics, it's not a religion. But they go back in the roots of, you know, the dark ages, essentially, where these sort of ideas were formulated. Um, that is kind of a Gnostic, New Age, not New Age, but Gnostic, mystic heresies um, that these many of these, you know, Marxist, um, postmodernist theories are built on. So um, really, it's about the first half of the podcast, about the first 45 minutes or so, if you want to listen to that. Again, I'm not telling you they're Christian role models. They're two smart men talking about an important topic. And it may just pique your interest to go look into these sorts of ideas as well. So that'll be down in the show notes. It was an enjoyable yet horrifying listen. It's just as long as our podcast is. I just noticed yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> you got nothing on us, Jordan Peterson. So uh, that's all we got for you guys. We'll be back on Monday. with uh, We're continuing every single day of the month 
um, either on the podcast or YouTube shorts, um, speaking against this sin of pride. Uh, So we'll be back on Monday, speaking against pride. Come give those daily devotionals a listen. They're only about five minutes long. And then who knows what we'll get to next week. Maybe we'll even talk about the Southern Baptist Convention and Rick Warren if there's time. So that's all we got for you guys. God bless. For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today.